I think a lot of players get nervous because they want to do more than um, what they're good at. You know, I would say the best advice I can give young players is whatever is your niche and 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 your role on your team, just try to star in that. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Youth Hoops Pod presented by Pro Skills Basketball. I'm your host, Christian Barber, and today I have two guests on the pod. Uh, normally, with this pod is a typical one-on-one, uh, two-person conversation, but today we're running the triangle offense, so I think we'll be a little more effective. So joining me on here is PSB Tampa Director Pierre Steins. We'll, we'll get into more of your background in a minute, but P, we're, we're pumped to have you back on the pod. How are you doing today? Doing good. Excited to be here. Yeah, nice. We're pumped to have you joining me as well. A little more up north. I'm sure not as much sunny, warm weather. Uh, we have PSB Philly director as well as our PSB national recruiting director, Jeff Van Gorder. Jeff, how you doing up there? Is the, is the weather looking like South Florida? We got 70s today, Christian, and then 30s tomorrow. So we're rocking. <laughs> what a what a up and down. Um, I like it. Well, I'm really pumped you both jumped on here today. So our topic today, today, guys, is going to be playing in front of college coaches. So we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, high school, I guess, maybe uh, extraordinarily uh, talented late middle school players, but most likely not. We're going to be talking mostly high school players, again, unless you were Zion in the eighth grade, but mostly high school players who are looking to go play, you know, at events with their AAU, with their club teams, whatever it may be, with their school teams, with coaches in attendance, wherever it may be, you know, looking to get to that next level and, and all the pressures that come with playing in front of uh, college coaches, knowing that you want to get to that level. So you're both going to be perfect for this conversation. We're going to jump into your backgrounds but Pierre's going to give us a really good perspective from from a high level player you know looking to play at that next level and then Jeff is still currently coaching at the collegiate level so he's going to give us that perspective from the stands from who's watching so let's kind of dive in Pierre Steins I want to start over with you uh just kind of run us through your background really quick your your back basketball background and and you know kind of what brought you to PSB but how your input will play a part here today yeah, Christian. Um, so I, I was a you know, three-year varsity high school basketball player. Um, I got recruited by some uh, Division II colleges, Division III colleges, and um, like one small Division I. When I was in high school, um, I took the junior college route um, to get more recruiting. I felt like I was more high level player than uh, what I was being recruited in high school. Um, ended up, you know, two years at junior college being recruited by some really good mid-major division one programs and some high level division two programs. Um, I decided to take a division two um, offer at Johnson C. Smith because I felt like it was a better fit for me. Um, and then my last year, I ended up transferring over to another really good Division II program, Queens University. Um, and then after that, I spent one year of college coaching as an assistant uh, at my old junior college, Clinton Junior College in, Clint, in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, and then I started coaching uh, with pro skills and also some middle school coaching uh, at Charlotte Christian. Uh, and now I'm the city director here in Tampa. 
So, and you mentioned both playing and coaching, and I'm sure Jeff will mention the same. So you'll be able to give perspectives from both ends. But Pierre, just like, you know, specifically, you talk about going to a junior college, then to another college, then to another college. So you had multiple times where you were playing in front of coaches who were interested in you. So I think that perspective is going to be interesting. Now, on the flip side, Jeff, uh, talk to me a little bit about your background and, and give our listeners uh, a little knowledge about your input. So, yeah, started uh, about 11 years now um, in the college coaching ranks at Hamilton College. Um, was there for four years, uh, competed in the NESCAC uh, against schools like Amherst, Tuff, Williams, um, high academic institutions that also, you know, have a bunch of guys that can play some basketball, too, um, that turned down scholarship opportunities. Um, from there, went to Carnegie Mellon University um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you know, they compete in the UAA, which is a great experience for some of the student athletes because you get to experience flying by plane to play your league games um, out to Washington, St. Louis, out to Brandeis, towards Boston, down to Atlanta and, and, and play Emory. Um, and then now currently I'm at Ursinus College um, in the Centennial Conference. Been there for four years um, where we're competing in schools like Johns Hopkins, Gettysburg, Forthmore. Um, another, you know, conference where the best players in the league turn down some scholarship opportunities, um, you know, to, to make sure they get the best academic situation. For them. Um, and then also now currently uh, the PSP Philly director, um, which has been a lot of fun, and also the PSP national recruiting coordinator, where, you know, my goal is to help you know, some of these PSP athletes all over the country get recruited and educate them on the process to help them. Yeah. And again, I think that's going to be the really interesting part, especially with you leading our recruiting efforts here. It's exactly, you know, what we're talking about, coaches recruiting players. So let's dive right in, because, again, we've got high level experienced player, Pierre, who's been really through this and, and dealing with the pressures of, of playing in front of coaches. And we literally have an active coach who is possibly going and sitting and watching players play, you know, this weekend for, for goodness sake. So, Pierre, I want to jump over to you. Let's just kind of start the conversation from a player's perspective. Maybe if you can think back to that time, what were you thinking about going into those games where you knew coaches were watching you? But then like now, way, way removed, what would you go back and tell yourself like, ah, you didn't need to worry about that. Worry more, focus more on this. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, early on, like in high school, you know, I didn't have a huge role on my team. So a lot of times when I was playing in front of college coaches, um, the coaches were there to watch my teammates. Um, so for me, you know, I was just really excited to have the opportunity to maybe catch a coach's eye. Um, so I really just wanted to star in my role. Uh, number one, I knew that's the way I could stay on the floor because my coach wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so for in high school, I was a really big defensive guy. So, you know, I took pride in just you know, shutting down the opposing player. A lot of times, you know, I remember one time I was in the gym and Tubby Smith was there. Um, he was at our home gym and he was there to watch the opposing player, um, a guy named Perry. I forget his last name, um, but he ended up going to Kentucky and I just took it, took it personal. I'm like, Tubby Smith is here to watch a guy um, that I'm going to be defending and I'm going to do my best to just not let him earn his name against me. Um, so just being a star in my role was the main thing and, and not getting outside of myself. Um, I was luck, lucky, lucky to have a defined role that I had to live in uh, per my coach. So, 
you know, I didn't really look at it as I needed to score 30 points because that really wasn't going to be the case for me. I like that. Well, then what's crazy is, as you're talking to me, I'm like, goodness, you must have been a little already mature and and on your feet at that age to already have the, uh, you know, foresight to go. No, if I play my role really well, that will benefit me. But before we jump over to Jeff Pierre, what do you think then are some mistakes that young players make these days as they're going into games where they know coaches are watching and they're thinking, I got to score 45. I've got to do everything. You know, what are some that you see now uh, in your role as as a longtime player coach? coach, director? Yeah, I I would say exactly that, you know, feeling like you have to have some big highlight play um, or some big stat line to impress a coach. Coaches are looking for um, winning players, right? Guys who give a lot of effort um, and hustle and are in the right, right spots who can, you know, assist their players with, with scoring by, by space in the court, um, playing help defense. Um, I think a lot of players get nervous because they want to do more than um, what they're good at. You know, I would say the best advice I can give young players is whatever is your niche and, and, and your role on your team, just try to start in that um, and then try to do your best in everything else. Um, but make sure that if you're a defender, you know, be a top level defender um, and give great eff- effort. You know, if if your role as a rebounder, you should be boxing out. Now, you know, will your man score on you? Will you give up some rebounds? Yes. If you're a shooter, will you make all of your shots? No. But take the shots that you're supposed to, um, you know, don't get outside of yourself because uh, that will really show to coaches, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that experience in in a small example. I, you know, just right there, you said, you know, uh, take the shot you're supposed to take, even if you don't make them. I think all three is three of us would agree. You can walk in a gym and see a player shoot a ball once or twice and you just go, ah, that that kid knows how to shoot it. Like what you coaches can tell, even if the shot doesn't go in, the quality of shot you're taking can still show so much. Jeff, is all this uh, passing the smell test uh, as a coach who I I was saying you literally could go recruit a kid this weekend for all I know you could be sitting in a gym Are these things Pierre's saying, is is that the way to get your attention? Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think the the main thing that Pierre brought up that is important for everybody to realize is stay within yourself. You know, if if you're a guy who would practice, you know, maybe – shooting five threes in a game is not going to be what you should be doing. You know, maybe a, a pump fake drive, setting guys up is kind of what you do. Well, then try to do that. You know, when you see college coaches lining the sidelines, don't try to do what, you know, you're not necessarily best at. I think filling the role, like Paris here said, um, is definitely something that guys need to focus on. Um, you know, and I think playing hard. You know, coaches can tell, um, you know, who's playing hard, you know, who knows the game, um, you know, dribbling the ball. 10 times and just staying in one spot is probably not going to be a good way to get a coach to look at you, even if the shot goes yeah. in. Um, you know, I, I think you can kind of tell when you go to these games who knows how to play, you know, high basketball IQ, who makes the right plays. Um, and then again, I think being a good teammate as well stands out to people. Uh, you know, if you're working hard and even the shots don't go in, but you know, your, your demeanor doesn't change, you don't seem to get too frustrated. 
Um, like you mentioned, Christian, you know, a shooter who goes one for six the day that, you know, maybe I go see him. You, know, you can tell by the rotation. You can tell by the confidence, you know, that the next game will probably be going. It's not, you know, typical of that guy. So um, I think staying confident, not putting too much pressure on yourself, and staying within yourself are the keys to kind of take it to I like that staying within yourself that goes right back to what you were saying, Pierre, about playing your role, you know, and I think that's such a big thing. I I hope listeners out there will understand that uh, these coaches are smart. They're they're very smart. They've been doing this for a very long time. Uh, They also know that you're thinking you need to do everything. They get that. They get that you're trying to impress them. So take that barrier down. They get that you're probably nervous. They already know you're kind of thinking that. So it's okay. You, you don't need to do all that. Actually playing your role is going to show these coaches that you're going to help benefit their team. Because again, unless you are just this, you know, Zion Williamson, top of the top, most coaches, coaches are looking for someone to fit a role. They're not typically looking for a freshman to come in and start right away and score 30 points. But like on that topic, Pierre, I think about playing time minutes. You know, I think a lot of players out there are maybe like, oh, my coach isn't playing me enough in these games in front of coaches. I'm not getting enough opportunity to show what I can do. Uh, And, you know, I'll kind of just throw it to you for your thoughts on the flip side of that. I would say, well, then show them what you can do in 10 minutes, because that probably is your role as a freshman, if you're lucky enough to play 10 minutes at, at the D3, D2, D1 level as a freshman. Yeah, exactly. And, and coaches can't, can't project as well like what you can do at the next level or what other other parts of your game can grow um and i'm glad you went into this christian so for me as being a defensive role player in high school um when i ended up going you know selecting the junior college um because i wanted to get um more offers my coach actually viewed me in a much different way than what my role was on my high school team. Um, Because I I was always working on the other parts of my game, my offensive game, and I knew I had more to give. Um, Once I got to college, my coach started giving me the ball. And and for the first time, you know, I went from being just a, a role guy with defensive and clean up the board guy to, you know, actually being a featured guy where, you know, coach was having the guards look for me on the block and uh, look for me in the high post and stuff like that. So I said all of that to say that coaches can see beyond just what you're doing in that role. Um, but you need to show that you can play a role and fit in with the team. You know, a coach isn't looking for, you know, a guy that's just doing, you know, it all by himself offensively. Uh, like Jeff said, dribbling 15, 20 times and then scoring. Uh, you want to see somebody who can pass, who can cut, uh, who can play off ball, who can set screens for their teammates. Um, and that that just shows skill and IQ and shows that that player can do maybe more than what their role is currently on that team. Again, I you, nothing you said I could possibly disagree with. And I just think it would really show something if you only knew you played 12, 14 minutes a game and you just gave that 12, 14 minutes every ounce you had, I, I'm just telling you, a coach would see that. And Pierre, I love what you said. You know, a coach's role is really to see 
what a player can't see in themselves. Right. And again, I just talked about coaches are smart. So again, if you show these coaches just flashes of these things because you're playing hard and they see you making the right decision. And, and like even an instance where, you know, you may make the right decision on a play, you may be driving the right way. You may make the right pass, but you turned it over, but it was the right idea. And the coach gets that they get that that was the right drift pass and, and you just mishandled it or whatever. Coaches can see beyond that and go, Oh, that kid gets it. That kid knew where the right pass was. I can work on the, the technique and whatnot. So I think that's an interesting point you bring up and Jeff I want to pass it to you on kind of do coaches really look at these things outside of scoring and I want to just throw in one other thing your activity on the bench like Jeff do you really watch kids on the bench that you're recruiting to see how they're behaving there as well uh yeah absolutely um no question um you know a guy that you know maybe we come to see or we've heard about you know if he's having a bad game and then all of a sudden is sulking over on the bench and you know not really being engaged um that's an easy way to, to get crossed off our list. Uh, you know, even if it's a kid who I just mentioned before, who, you know, is one for six in the game and, you know, we're not down on him because he's one for six because, you know, shot looks good, rotation looks good, but, you know, if he's sulking and just, you know, kind of not being a good teammate, that's, that's an easy way to get crossed off. Um, being a good teammate, being energetic. Um, Cause like you mentioned before, Christian, maybe even Pierre mentioned it too. Like, you know, most guys don't realize you're probably most likely not going to play a ton your freshman year not that you won't play but you're not going to play 30 minutes a game so that's really easy for us to look at and just be like how is he going to adjust to some adversity potentially you know as a freshman when he comes into our program because we need guys that are going to be good teammates to you know bump some guys up and you know obviously everybody's different you know i'm not saying as a freshman everybody doesn't play but you know probably 60 to 70 percent do not play the amount of minutes that they may want you know when they get to that level so um, we absolutely look at it. And then, you know, the other thing I would say too is, you know, coaches are very good at evaluating talent, you know, the talent that you're playing and the talent that's on your team, you know, so you may be on a team that's, you know, really good and you may be playing some guys that are really good and you may only get, you know, eight to 10 minutes a game, but, you know, we can kind of tell that like you guys have all mentioned already, you know, you're making the right place. Can you stay in front of your man? You know, that's honestly what we would look at for somebody that comes off the bench on a really good team is can he defend, you know, can he defend elite level athlete? Uh, you know, how is he athletically? You know, can he go get some boards? Uh, you know, all the little things really do stick out more than the scoring. Uh, to be honest with you, the scoring is great. Um, but believe me, the, the game that you go, you know, two for seven, but, you know, you had eight boards and, you know, kind of locked your guy up defensively stand out a lot more than the game where maybe you scored 20, but, you know, you gave up 15 and had two rebounds. Uh, that's, that's something I wish kids would, you know, realize and concentrate more on. Again, I think you're just – I'm going to kind of re keep reiterating this. If you didn't already know how their audience coaches are smart, they're in that role for a position, they're just looking so much beyond, you know, your quadruple crossover, high ball screen step back. As a matter of fact, I, I would think a coach would look at that and go, I never want you to do that in my system. <laughs> like, that, I don't want that. Good, no, no, no. But that one huge rebound you grab defensively in the third quarter that you think is meaningless, but that coach goes, ooh, that, that, I need that. I need that to, to, to wipe up the board. So I think just keep all of that in mind. Pierre, I just kind of had a thought. I, I thought it'd be interesting to lean on your wisdom 
playing in a lot of these games with coaches watching you. Do you have any advice for like how players can deal with those nerves? Because, yeah, it's easy for us to sit right here right now. I'm sitting in my my living room right now just saying, kids, don't be nervous. Don't worry. The coaches can see beyond. That's so easy for us to, to sit here and say. But the reality is when you're a young player in that situation, that's a nerve wracking thing. You care about this. You've invested a lot of time. You want to go play at that next level, whether it's junior college, D3, D2, D1. Do you have any advice for how, how to approach that mentally as a player? Yes, I do. Uh, so first thing I would say is um, it starts before the coaches get there. You know, you have to be constantly working on your craft every single day, you know, outside of your normal practices. So you have the confidence you know, yourself when you step on the court and those coaches are there, that that you can do what's needed to, to get the job done. Um, and, and less is more. You know, a coach isn't looking for you to, to dribble a lot. Um, they're looking for efficiency, you know. And when you catch the ball, are you ready to shoot? You know, are you able to make the pass when, when a cutter cuts? Um, so... To me, the best way a player can um, prepare and be relaxed it is, is through their preparation. Um, you know, like being in the weight room, strength and conditioning, getting up a lot of shots, you know, basketball IQ, understanding the game from a high level, watching a lot of basketball. Um, so when coaches are there, you feel confident in what you can do. I think that that's the biggest part of it for players is having that ownership on the front end, you know, um, you know, instead of maybe playing the video game for, for two hours, maybe you only play it for an hour and you get some shots up. Um, I, I think that's the best way that players can, pre can prepare and, and relax in that environment is through Conf preparation. Yep. And confidence comes from reps. You know, if anyone out there is like, how do I gain confidence reps? That's, that's the only way you should have to repeat it over and over uh, and, and you'll gain confidence throughout that process. Jeff, do you have any follow up uh, advice for players from a coach's perspective as they're going into a game where they know coaches are watching? Yeah, I mean, Pierre hit it on the head. Uh, you know, reps equal confidence. Uh, I have a saying with a lot of the guys at my college level and even some of the AU guys forever is, you know, confidence is a hell of a drug, uh, you know, and what I mean by that is, you know, the, the guys that show the confidence in their abilities are the ones that typically play. Um, the ones that all they're focused on during that game is, you know, what college coach is going to look at me and they force some things that they haven't done before in practices or, you know, even on their own are the ones that typically gain less confidence because those shots don't go in and, you know, the plays that you try to make don't work out the way that you want them to. Um, so, yes, be confident rep it like crazy, uh, you know, be relaxed, uh, you know, like we all just talked about scoring is not, you know, really sometimes even the main thing is going to get recruited. You don't know, you know, this is the other thing that is kind of a misconception is you don't know what that college coach is looking for, right? Like maybe they don't need a, you know, six two point guard who can score. Maybe what they need is a, you know, six one, six foot point guard that doesn't turn the ball over is steady they can get the ball to all the other guys on their team already. Um, so play within yourself. There's a reason those coaches are talking to you and are coming to see you. Um, and as long as you stay confident in that, you're, you're going to end up being fine. Yeah, and yeah can, I love can it. I add, 
hundred percent. Focus on the game, not the coach. Focus on the game, not the coach being there. If you're a hundred percent locked into that game and trying to win that game with your teammates, you're going to be in a much better place than focusing on how to impress a coach that's there. You know, a lot of times when I was playing, especially, you know, junior college level, because we always had coaches either at practices or at games, is I was focused on winning. Um, and I think that takes care of the rest. You know, if you're out there to win, you know, you're making plays to win, that shows. Hey, you know what coaches yeah. like more than just good, talented players? They like to win. <laughs> so they want to recruit winners. That, that's a great point. That is a great point. They're, uh, actually, their job rides on uh, winning. So they, they need that. It's not that they like it. They need that for what they're trying to do. So that means a lot to them. You know, and I, I, I do want to add that we've brought up junior college, D3, D2, all these different levels. I, I think any player out there, if you are getting recruited to play college basketball at any level, you are a part of the small percentile, like period. So you're, you're already so far ahead of the game, you know, don't all, it's not D1 or bust. Goodness. It's not, you know, you're already a part of such a small percentile. If you're getting recruited at any level, it's already such an accomplishment. So use that as confidence. Honestly, you're, you're already use that as confidence and, and play that way. I want to use the last few minutes of our pod to just slightly flip the switch for parents. Cause I assume, you know, more of our audience is going to be parents here listening. We've, we've talked a lot about the players and how to approach these games and what they should be thinking, but parents, you know, get involved in this too. They want their kids to succeed. They may be adding pressure. Um, Pierre, do you have any advice out there for parents who are uh, a parent, a kid, a child who is about to go play in front of coaches and they know, they know this is a big deal for their kid and, and they want their kid to succeed, but they may not always go about that in the, in the most helpful way for their child. For parents, I think the best thing you can do is allow your child to take ownership of, of their development and their recruiting process and also is to not overlook any school that shows you interest um you know i'm a player who's i've gotten interest from naia d3 division two and even high major division one i went to junior college to get high major division one offers and guess what I turned those down and went to a division two school because that fit me better. Um, so I would just say, trust the process and don't compare. Um, all players get recruited at different times in different ways and at different levels. If you're comparing your child to the next child that you've seen on the news or, you know, social media, you know, you're, you're going to drive yourself insane playing the comparison game. Um, just allow your child to walk their own path um, and, and to make their own path. And basketball coaches find players. They, they just do. So as long as your player is putting in the work, you know, and, and getting the reps and playing games, you know, it'll happen for them. It, it will not look the same as their friend or, or the parent's friends uh, sons and daughters, it will look different and, and it's, it's okay. 
Jeff, I'm going to throw it to you for your follow-up, but I got to shamelessly plug. If you're listening right now, last week we released the podcast with Alan Stein Jr. on his book, The Sideline. It's a, a survival guide for youth sports parenting. So if you're interested in any more tips on, on what I'm sure is a tough journey, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm freshly married, but don't, don't even want to know about this whole kid thing just yet. But um, Alan wrote a great book, and I spoke with him you know, on whatever expertise I have there. Goodness. Jeff, do you have any follow-up, though? Advice for parents, parents listening from a coach's perspective of how they can handle this process yeah this could be a complete own pod Christian. Um, yeah may, well, well we may have to do it yeah uh but no Pierre hit on a lot of the major points and, and just to follow up on it uh, again i i mentioned it before it, it's about finding the right fit okay um i tell all of our guys and even when i was in college and you know at those high academic institutions talking to parents and kids Use basketball to step you up for the next four years. You know, don't let basketball use you. Don't be driven by, you know, dismissing maybe what you deem as lower level, you know, offers or interest. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, spring of your senior year, you have nothing. and Basketball has used you, uh, you know, do your research, research schools in different areas that you think would be a good fit for your son or daughter. Um Look at academic majors. What what interests do your son or daughter have? Um, something I, I tell everybody is, God forbid something happens, you know, an injury or, you know, an illness or the coach leaves, you know, what would, would you be happy at the school that you choose if basketball is taken away? If you could say yes, absolutely, like you've made the right decision right there, um, you know, because basketball will take up a lot of your time. But, you know, are you going to be miserable at, at the times that you don't have practice or? It's the off season. You don't have games and you know, you're hanging out with the, with the student body. Um, you know, so those are all factors that you have to you have to consider. And, you know, the social media aspect, there's a lot of good things about social media. Don't get me wrong. Um, but ninth grade parents, you know, 90 percent of you, 10th grade parents, um, please do not buy into that. You know, 100 percent of ninth and 10th graders are getting recruited right now. It's, it's just not true. Um, you know, you need to work on your game. You need to work on getting in the gym and that will all take care of itself. You know, go to some different prospect games, um, you know, go to different, reach out to different schools and take visits and tour campuses. That's all good. Um, you know, but don't, you know, get caught up in needing to get recruited by, you know, division one, division two, or division three school in ninth or 10th grade. A lot of times those schools do not start their process till late into sophomore year or even start of junior year. Um, so please do not get caught up in that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the last advice that I would give parents is just work on your game, have your sons work on your game, daughters work on your game and do some research for them, um, at the different academic institutions that you could go and fit is the perfect way to describe it here. Like go to the right fit. You know, I mentioned in, you know, the NESCAC UA Centennial, if anybody goes to watch one of those games, no matter where you're listening, because some of those schools are all over the place. Go look at who the best player is on each of those teams and then tell me that your 11th grade son is as good as, you know, in some cases, maybe it will be true. But in 80 percent of the cases, 90 percent of the cases, I bet you probably got to have a second thought or two about uh, how, how much better, you know, Division three basketball is than what you really think it is. Yeah, you're spot on. I think you both just dropped 
so, so much good advice for anyone out there listening. I think kind of in conclusion, look, it's a, if, if, you know, if you're a parent who has a son or daughter who is getting recruited, you know, in any level or, or is on that verge where they know coaches are watching them. And then at the same time, if you are a player who is on that verge or, you know, coaches are watching you, it's a stressful time. No doubt. It's a lot of pressure. Again, you care about it. You've invested a lot of time. You, you, we know the hoop dream. We all know the hoop dream. You know, you want to go play at that next level. It's a, it's a stressful time. No one's taken that away from you, but hopefully the last 30 minutes of conversation have opened some eyes to uh, help you take advantage of that time better. So that's all for the Youth Hoops Pod. Um, Pierre, Jeff, thanks for jumping on today. Please give us a follow at Pro Skills Basketball on all of our social medias. Check out PSB Tampa. Check out PSB Philly in the house representing today. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed the, today's episode, and we'll be back for another conversation soon. Mm-hmm.